If you kill your stepdad in the game, you kill your stepdad for real. This is Serenity Now. Let's go. Game of the year. Game of the year. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Spoilers. I'm your host, Pappy, recording from Louisville, Colorado tonight, and I have the privilege of guiding us through our latest full-blown movie review episode, Serenity. Joining me tonight, we have last week's host. It was actually a couple weeks ago since we recorded this with all of our fan requests, but we have Stevie. Uh, Stevie, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask all the guys. First of all, where are you recording from? And a, a couple options, either what is your personal white whale or yellowfish tuna in this case and what was the movie that was spoiled before for you before you saw it that's your second option do i have to answer both or just one just one uh but i want to give people a cop out in case they didn't want to share their personal goals and ambitions well okay so it's kind of a strange thing i've had many goals and ambitions through life but you uh i think i told you my way white whale about three weeks ago which is to wake up every day at six in the morning, make breakfast, uh, go play nine holes of golf, watch a movie, talk about it on a podcast, and do that for a living. That is my white whale. What's the source of income for that? Is it the making breakfast or the golf? Because we're not making any money off oh, of podcasting podcast so for sure. Far. That's the that's the white whale, Pat. Making money off podcasting. Losing money hand over fist. Definitely losing money. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely in the hole on this for sure. It hasn't been the brightest, uh, the smartest venture for me by any means. But I will say this, Pat. I am so happy you picked this movie. I absolutely loved it. Cannot wait to talk about it. It was a it was a risk. I haven't picked a movie that i haven't seen since suspiria so i had no idea like what we were getting in for but i think it's going to work out pretty well brett i saw your letterboxd review which i was pleasantly surprised uh, about i won't spoil it but same question to you where are you recording from and do you have a white whale or if you don't want to answer that what's a movie that was spoiled for you uh ahead of seeing it first of all i, I actually just like wrote a review explaining my score so it might have changed your opinion of my score um oh, let's see this is brett recording from Fort Wayne I don't know man I mean I was super ticked somebody spoiled that the people in Titanic died I mean that was like <laughs> what? what? <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um, I can't think of one man uh, this one Serenity <laughs> I like I started to guess what was going on but if I wouldn't have heard from you guys that there was a twist I probably wouldn't have felt that way but I'm not mad about it. So a white whale, I don't really have one. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Uh, I wish someone would give me a job, but you know, that's the white whale I'm looking for is a, like an actual job interview. But, um, you know, maybe one day. Well, if you own a company, Brett is a very qualified worker. Uh, slide into our DMs. He'll send you his resume. We can hook something up. You never know. Yeah, for real, man. What if your employers listen to this pod, man? You're employed right now. What <laughs> What's up? What's up, Robin? What's up, bro? <laughs> What's up, bro? Well, I, we're going by uh, most recent host to least recent host, and that brings us to Money, Mikey Tor. Uh, Mikey, you asked us on Fast and Furious 6, but was that movie spoiled for you, or, or do you have a white whale you'd like to share with the group? Uh, I think you can go into Fast and Furious 6 with your own spoilers in mind. It's going to be high-octane beefcake uh, flying around, so I think you can expect that going in, but... Uh, white whale right now, other than a cure for coronavirus, uh, maybe... Good call, good call. Just, I don't know, I kind of want to build a computer, but, uh, that's kind of expensive, so... Just save up for that, maybe. And, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Mikey's on the front lines of of finding the cure for the coronavirus. If you'd like to (laughs) donate to his research efforts, we'll drop his Venmo in the episode description. Just send him money and and see how that turns out. (laughs) Send it to spoilers. (laughs) <laughs> we'll make sure he gets it. Corey, I know that you were not looking forward to the white whale question. I, I hope you don't cop out and give us a movie that was spoiled for you. But but I don't, I don't know if we've been doing where we were recording from. But What, what the fuck, man? What's with the pressure here? <laughs> what, what is your goal in life, Corey? And I don't know. Where are you recording from? I don't know if we've really been doing that or not. But uh, Yes, this is Corey recording out of Simi Valley, California. Um, the white whale I'm chasing, man, is just to win trivia. 
That's really what it's all about. For me. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. A gamer. Uh, no, I, I don't really have much to say on that topic, and I don't want to get too boring with it. So, um, spoiled endings, cop-out question. I'm going Wait, with Corey, that. didn't you say a couple episodes ago tossing to Spoiler Man was your white whale? Look, I've, I found a new white whale <laughs> yeah, for this okay. episode. <laughs> Another one. Um, I don't think I ever got the proper Darth Vader reveal as a kid. It was just kind of common knowledge, as it is now, that Darth Vader was Luke's father. So when I saw Empire for the first time as a wee lad, I already knew, I think. I'm pretty sure. So I never really got that. It must be nice, though, right, to see Star Wars for the first time and get that big reveal? I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess that was spoiled for me too it was just common knowledge at the time like you said mm-hmm. that does suck thanks cory <laughs> josh was serenity spoiled for you at all and uh do you have a white whale you'd like to share with the class uh the only thing i saw with serenity was that it was a sci-fi in the description so i really didn't feel like there was much of a quote twist as everyone else even did i thought it was kind of clear something i don't know it's getting some major vibes from the beginning uh i got a jokey white whale and that is just to beat mario 2 for regular nintendo that game is so hard yeah man (laughs) definitely (laughs) uh movie that was ruined for me recently though parasite i was listening to mysterious universe Uh. podcast i always drop them on this pod but they were like yeah at the end of parasite everyone dies just like every asian movie and then i watch it that's like not even really the case (laughs) (laughs) no it's not not. that's really weird and parasite's an amazing movie too i loved it it's a false flag spoiler alex jones (laughs) what are you saying brett i didn't say anything he doesn't like parasite let's move on (laughs) Uh, what were you gonna say about parasite brett we can uh, stay here. No, he just—he said it was an amazing movie. I said, "Meh, meh." I thought it was very good. It's not as good as Serenity. Nowhere That's near. That's a great <laughs> transition, Corey. Thank you for that. Uh, and yeah, like I said, the reason I asked about the spoiler question is that I—the reason I picked this movie is—is is I kept hearing all this buzz about it that it was a terrible, terrible movie with an ungodly, crazy twist. And so I thought that would be fun to talk about. Um, there's really no point in even trying to talk about this movie without acknowledging what the twist is. Uh, Brett, since you're so hot to trot, why don't you just go ahead and lay that out there, and then we can just frame the whole conversation with what's actually happening in this movie. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't know why I'm hot to trot, but um, so basically you find out about, I don't know, halfway or two-thirds way through the movie that Matthew McConaughey's character is in a game simulation that his son is has created for him so everything in the that he's interacting with is like fake it's designed to entertain his son kind of in a way am i missing any other key cogs to that i mean that's kind of what it is mcconaughey's Matt dead mcconaughey is is yeah he's dead Matt mcconaughey is basically the anti uh what the heck's his name in beach bum Moondog? He's the anti-Moondog. He, like, finds zero joy in anything. And uh, I think he... This is the second straight McConaughey movie where he kind of hangs dong. Partial dong. Yeah, lots of butts. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey's kind of in, like, a Groundhog's Day. Every day he wakes up and has to try to get this big tuna. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> tuna called Justice. <laughs> <laughs> One thing Brett said, though, that... I feel like is a big misnomer and why people hate this is that you called it a game simulation. A lot of people and like the adults in this movie call it a video game, but it's just a like simulation, right? That's super realistic because the boy is a genius. That's kind of what I thought. That's, that's kind of what I said, right? Yeah, but I just feel like a lot of people call it video games like Mikey. Oh, he's in a video game, but really it's like, <laughs> it's supposed to be an advanced simulation. I think it's a game. I think it's a game. They say they say game, but to me, it's. I mean, it's called like the tuna. I mean, I guess, but I I think we're arguing semantics here. I I I think we're all kind of right in a way. So, except for Josh, Josh is wrong. Josh is wrong. (laughs) 
I'm very of two minds of it, Corey. What makes you drawn towards the game aspect versus simulation? Because I do think there is a distinction. I think it might be semi-important. Well, we know that the kid is programming it. And when things are kind of explained and there are um, rules laid out, we got someone who uh, calls himself the rules and he is part of the game and he's kind of explaining at one point to McConaughey's character, Baker Dill, what's going on. Plymouth Island is a game. There are lots of games on Plymouth Island. Catch the cat. Count the sprats. You get logs and frigate birds and fish finders and bottles of rum. You see, someone made a world on their computer so they could play games. But his favorite has always been Catch the Tuna. He says that there's a lot of aspects to the game. He says there's um, try to find the cat, which is like a mini game within the game because McConaughey's <laughs> always finding his, uh, his girlfriend's cat. You get like 80 coins for that. Yeah, you get like <laughs> coins, you get rum when you win. It's a game. I mean, there's it's almost like an MMO, but one player. Bang Diane Lane within the time limit. You know, all those classic objectives and correct, correct button sequences. And you get paid, yeah. Definitely gotta press the right buttons with constant time events. <laughs> Can I defend myself a little bit here? No. Please. Yeah. I think that Matthew McConaughey is playing a game and that's what he's like in. But I think like the real crux of the movie is that Matthew McConaughey himself is a simulation and I guess he's either a simulation or like a split off personality from the boy as is the rules guy like that maybe goes into Stevie question territory there Mm -hmm. well I was going to ask Stevie too because you you seem pretty vehement on the game side I, I see it more of like potentially like a Sim City or a Tropico or, or something where you're designing an island and letting the inhabitants like drive their own AI. Stevie, where do you come down on this? I don't know. I, this is a really hard thing to answer for the fact that it's almost like Matthew McConaughey becomes like aware in his reality and know like it's almost like the boy wants him to become aware uh, in that video game reality, whereas no other character is able to, kind of like when Matthew McConaughey is asking that lady with the fish hooks, I forget what he asked her, like, what do you know as far as like besides mm-hmm. catching the fish? Like, what do you know? And she's like, she kind of reprograms herself into going, well, I hope you have a good day. Yeah. And he kind of just keeps going on. So it's almost like the boy is programming like his dad's actual personality and attributes to be in this reality. I wish they would have hit on why that happened, because it could be the boys making it up in his head, like he's chosen a specific character, and that's mm-hmm. his dad. Or it could be, like, Matthew McConaughey's soul slipped into this simulation, or the kid is such a genius, he just, like, made an actual AI of his dad. But I don't think there's any clues. I like everything you just said, Josh, by the way. I like everything you just said. And it's a bad movie. Easy. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's actually a really key point, Mikey, because I see a lot of the criticisms of this movie, and I'm not even 100% sure if I think it's a great movie, good movie, or bad movie, but a lot of the criticism come down to the wooden acting performances of the, of the people of Plymouth. Mikey, can you tell us a little bit about Plymouth Island and, and what it looks like and, and kind of what time period we, we seem to be in? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, we end up finding out that Plymouth Island uh, is either just a figment of this kid's imagination. It's not anywhere on any map. It's every map of this island. It's just the island. There's nothing around it. It's in the middle of the water. Um, And everybody on the island doesn't know when they've been there. They just assume they've been there forever uh, because they're all... NPCs, really. They're not real people. They have no idea of when they've been there before. So they're also kind of like in a Groundhog Day, except they don't have any free will like McConaughey has. Um, Everybody's weird. Uh, (laughs) Like you said, they're all pretty wooden, and they almost have like uh, dialogue options when McConaughey is talking to them. That's a good point. 
And, yeah, and then he, like, ends up breaking the game by asking them weird stuff, uh, like Stevie said, and they kind of kind of break out of their dialogue options and reveal that they're not real humans, I guess. Mikey, the game has changed. Yeah. The rules have changed. But, Mikey, I want to stay with you. I know you're a hardcore gamer. Like, do, and I know that you said you didn't like the movie. Does, does that come down to the performances, or is the, the concept itself just stupid? <laughs> what bothers you about it? Uh, I don't mind the performances. I mean, I thought it was like kind of interesting to see how... I mean, because I knew the, the premise going into the movie, so I was like kind of already looking for, okay, what's what's a video game or what would tip me off that this is a video game in this movie. Mm. Um, so like immediately that guy trying to track down McConaughey running across the water when he <laughs> doesn't need to like, <laughs> yeah. okay, he's just a stupid NPC, like not following, <laughs> uh, the right path or something. But, um, no, I thought all that stuff, like having them like be kind of, uh, Surreal Valley or whatever. What is that called? Um, Uncanny Valley. Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Of like a video game. I thought it was interesting, but um, it's just a, the whole thing with the stepdad trying to incorporate that plot line in. It just seemed so far fetched. Like it mm. just seemed like so extra to bring in Anne Hathaway's character and. I don't know. I was like intrigued by the giant fucking tuna that he was. <laughs> but Mikey, without without that storyline, there. I mean, there's like no movie. I mean, what, they'd have to write a whole another. You can make a game about him fishing. I mean, that no, that's boring. Old Man in the Sea was a great novel. I could have done that with just it's McConaughey. Actually, and Dick. That's a novella. That's a novella, isn't it? Semantics, Brad. Well, Moby Dick. Which is kind of my point. It's it's a short thing. It couldn't fill a whole novel. Is kind of my point. I know I've really tipped my hand, but I wanted to see the movie where they explain why this AI has woken up. <laughs> I think that's the movie to me. And they just kind of gloss over that and go straight for this stepdad thing, which. I have to wonder eh. if like the kid's motivation was just to play or just to build this game up until his dad's character became self-aware because as soon as his dad becomes self-aware and like they break the game out on the boat and they kill the stepdad he's he goes and murders his stepdad in real life so it's like that was the end game for him yeah i mean the whole game like i guess that whole point of the game anyway is mirroring the kid's intention to kill his father i think so like yeah it's being programmed into the game where your lead player baker dill is going to kill the guy but he's also going to kill him in real life, and maybe it's more, like, symbolic? I don't know. Yeah, Brittany and I threw around some guesses and thoughts on that last night, and I thought came up with somewhat of a decent one, but I guess we'll probably get to that later. No, go go for it now. What have you got? Because, like, one of the things that <laughs> confuses me about that whole thread line is that... What's so funny, Josh? Brett's preamble and just not actually <laughs> I, saying I, it. No, I know. I, I about two seconds into that, I was like, I do not know where I'm going with this. So, well, okay, I, I want to say this though too because I agree that without the kind of noir thriller aspect, it's it's hard to ground this movie in anything. But Corey, do you want to kind of speak to what Anne Hathaway is doing in the movie? Because like when we frame it that. All of this is stuff that the kids coded. We get into some weird fucking territory Oof. with his mom and stuff. Oh, Bubba. Um, we talked about Baker Dill, Matthew McConaughey. He's just trying to catch the beast, the big fish that he names Justice. But uh, one day, an ex-fling, ex-girlfriend shows up. Her name's Karen. It's Anne Hathaway. And she basically says, um, you were right. I I left you for this guy all these years ago for his money, basically, and uh, he's the total piece of shit. He's abusive to me and our son that we had a long time ago, and I will give you $10 million if you take him on a boat on a fishing trip and then kill him. You need money. Me and Patrick need a way out. My husband is joining me here the day after tomorrow. I told him that I would charter a boat for fishing tuna. I want you to take him out on your boat. Let him get drunk. Then drop him in the ocean for the sharks. In return, I will give you $10 million cash. 
<laughs> Listen, before the moon goes down, I got fish to catch. Need the fuck off my boat. Ten million dollars, John. Get the fuck off my boat. I think the most impressive coding that the kid does is to try to convince everyone that Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey graduated the same year of high school. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty impressive. Well, you know what he says about high school girls, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But what I was getting at is like, Stevie, if the, if the kid coded all of this, he codes multiple sessions of his dad getting blowjobs for money. Oh, yeah. That's one of getting, the games. Getting blowjobs for money. And also, like, he codes his mom calling this guy daddy. That was and he codes his mom getting me. beat. This kid wants to work at Rockstar, making a GTA 6 <laughs> is what he's shooting isn't for. Isn't that kind of, isn't that mirror reality, though? Doesn't she probably calls him daddy in real life because he makes her call her that? Does he have to put that in the game? I mean, does he have to put that in the game? <laughs> it's the stuff he hates the most. Imagine programming your dad having sex with some like woman. Like, isn't that just a weird thought? Like, think about that. Programming your dad having sex. Also, programming your dad to kind of like have half sex with his ex-wife, who's actually his widow. Uh, it's just kind of strange, no? Was that half sex? What? What was the point of that, Steve? I think Patrick just got too into it, man. I think he eventually realized, what am I doing, and backed off. So the only thing I can imagine is he was programming this thing in what seemed to be all real time. That's how good he is. That's how good he is. I mean, this game was good to go after like two <laughs> weeks. What's hitting me over the head with the hammer here is that this kid doesn't have a real father in real life because he died in Iraq or whatever. And like, the whole thing to me with the ending is that he's he got this character to be exactly like his dad. So he wants to basically ask his dad permission to kill his stepfather. And I think that his, I think he got it, Josh. Yeah, and he gets that, it. That's, right? That's what I was going that's what I was gonna say earlier. I think that he needed his dad to actually do it to show that if his dad can do it and can do what he feels is right then the kid can do what he feels is right. Like, I think that was, that's what Brittany and I were throwing around last night. We first thought it was courage, but then it was, we thought it was more like, if his dad will do it, then I can do it. So I think that's exactly what I was thinking. So I agree with that. And then going back to what we were just talking about too, with all the sex stuff, I think, you know, he's missing that role model to (laughs) teach him about things. And this is his messed up way of like trying to bring that something to that. Mm. I think he wanted to have sex with Diane Lane, so he programmed his dad having sex with her. That's the only explanation for me. <laughs> I mean, so say we all. But why not show Diane Lane in real life then? Yeah. What do you mean? It's like a point of reference? Yeah, Something. yeah but they what didn't you... really but they didn't really do that for anything. Mm-hmm. Except for like the voices of his parents in the background, which you were trying to figure out what the heck that was the whole time. I just want to level set for the audience too. In case you haven't seen this, ninety five percent of the movie is taking place within this simulation. There are a, but a few scant shots back to quote unquote the real world. We basically only see the kids' bedroom and like a holding cell cell in juvie, if anything. Um, Stevie, there's this whole like water connection misdirect thing. Do you want to talk about kind of what's what's going on there and what you think might be going on there because like it, it seems like they're almost like being channeled through water you know what i mean they can communicate so yeah i think after one of the sessions with uh constance diane lane's characters and matthew mcconaughey uh the mcconaughey himself gets buck naked and just jumps off a cliff into the ocean and it's really strange it's a really surreal scene and by the way, like if you haven't seen this movie, 85% of the score of this movie, if you close your eyes, makes you think that someone's going into battle. It's the strangest score <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. It's not bad, though. It's not bad, no, but it, it has zero. It, it does not belong in this movie whatsoever. If you put We're going to get Mikey's two stars up to three and a half or four. Uh, yeah. I, I, go. Plus, it looks good, too. So It looks this, great, yeah. but like... The, the score of this movie, like, wouldn't shock me if you put this over Gladiator. It's very strange. But, um... <laughs> it's, it's all I got, but... Uh, yeah, it's really weird. He can, like, communicate with his dad through water. Um, he, like, sees his... He, 
God, this movie's so freaking layered. Patrick puts himself in the water mm-hmm. while his dad is in water. And then it's a really surreal kind of, surreal kind of slow motion thing. And then when his dad wakes up, he, he's wet and clothed again, but he's asleep at a table and there's like water in it. And he's like rubbing it kind of like a DJ would in the 80s when he's scratching. And then <laughs> Patrick's doing like the same thing on his desk. And man, I don't get it, Pap. I don't understand it. Did he put his father's soul in this game? Ooh. I don't think so. I I don't read that at all. And I think that, frankly, makes it less interesting if you add some sort of mysticism element to it. I think it's more interesting as a Blade Runner AI, you know, what is humanity type question. Um, I know, Josh, you, you brought up the whole soul thing. What, what is your read towards that interpretation? I tend to think that... F- what this movie is trying to do. I think it'd be more interesting if it was like a soul or if it was this kid going insane. But I think what the movie is trying to say is that this kid is such a genius. This is his AI. And it's just that similar to his dad. Uh, I mean, right. They go out of their way to call him a genius two or three times quote genius. You never see any of that though. Like, why, why is he a genius? He's typing really fast, Josh. That makes him a genius. He, he sure is. He's really going <laughs> 145 at it. words per minute. That makes him a genius in any movie. <laughs> well, how, how do we explain the ending? Cause he puts himself into the game. Does he kill himself in juvie and before he codes himself? He just into the- creates another character sprite of himself. He changes it. Yeah. He changes the rules. He wants to see him. They want to like, actually meet as opposed to seeing each other underwater. So did he kill himself in real life? No, I don't <laughs> think so. That'd be pretty interesting. Corey, I want to revisit something Mikey touched on a second ago. This movie was directed by Stephen Knight. And there's a couple really strange shots and visual flares. He he also directed, uh, for those of you who don't know, Locke, which you reviewed a couple of months ago. But but Corey, from a from a visual cinematography perspective, what what did you think about Serenity? I think it looks really good with the exception of a couple shots that occur before the reveal. I think the intention is to give some kind of breadcrumbs that something else is going on. You guys might have noticed this. So I'll give you an example here. Uh there's a moment or two where McConaughey's walking along and the camera kind of yes. it moves around him very quickly and then it's stops. A matrix like someone's controlling it's a matrix it. shot that's right before he jumps in the water i was gonna ask um you guys about yeah, that because i thought it was cool. a pretty common issue he's got frame rates dropping on his computer uh he's <laughs> <laughs> just pushing it pushing too hard <laughs> i liked it but I, I guess if you look at it from Corey, your perspective of their maybe forcing you to think that something's not right, then it kind of maybe could be kind of lame. But well, I thought it was to a me cool they were shot. just they were they were pretty seldom and jarring when they occurred. <laughs> but again, I think they have a purpose, and I think that purpose is to um, you know lay out the framework of what is going to be revealed. It was either simulation or drugs. Uh, it was <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> oh, it's just tripping acid right now. I actually like three minutes before the twist was revealed i said to Brittany, i said my guess is it's either a computer simulation or he's it's like he's stuck in purgatory and then after the movie i said you know my two guesses were actually pretty freaking close so i think that purgatory suggestion that you just made that was probably better suited for like the tone and feel of this movie i think probably the reason people don't like the computer video game thing is just because it it's like doesn't it like quite match up with the movie? Like to say, oh, it was all a video game. It's I don't know. It's just like um, a weird disconnect. That's because people don't get the simulation hypothesis. Well, <laughs> it's incredibly dramatic. Like it's like Pap said at the beginning. It's like a noir film. Uh, it's way way dramatic. Like I don't think this kid would be writing a story like this. Uh, first of all, it's not exactly Fortnite. The type of yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. These these plot lines and and through lines that he's got going on are pretty complex. I mean, I don't know. It just seems goofy to then reduce it all down to oh, he's just making a video game instead of like something important or 
kind of like revealing like purgatory he's trying to make his dad's heaven kind of <laughs> he sure yeah is. but he's miserable though <laughs> that's why that's why the purgatory makes more sense yeah. a game is fun uh you don't you're not bored in a video game yeah, drinking and wallowing in your own sorrow is not fun take my word on it <laughs> <laughs> That's how I spent most of my time. He toys. was in heaven in the beta, just like in the Matrix, but he couldn't accept oh, it. God. So they had to put him into... Yeah, that's true. I guess you could look at it that way. <laughs> well, I, I think there's two kind of conflicting characters, and one supports the purgatory theory well, and one supports the video game theory well. I want to talk about Duke first. Uh, Josh, what do you remember about Duke, uh, the, the loyal first mate of McConaughey? Duke is... <sighs> He probably holds the compass on the ship, but he's also the moral compass of the story. He Ooh. like <laughs> Yo. got a dad joke in. He tries to like dissuade Matthew McConaughey from killing this guy, and I don't know. As much as I liked his character at first, by the end of it, he's just like another pointless NPC. He's so, kind of trying to dissuade him from doing bad things throughout the whole movie, in my opinion. Then like. Obviously, the big one is trying to get him to uh, not kill. But like earlier, he's like, I thought we didn't allow liquor or, you know, I thought we didn't. You shouldn't have taken him out. I mean, like he's get, trying to get him to not make bad decisions the whole movie. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. <laughs> yeah, every character kind of makes a bid to try to make a point of why Matthew McKay, McConaughey shouldn't kill um, the stepdad. And one of them is this guy and he's like there is a heaven and there is a hell there is a god and uh <laughs> well offensive accent aside that is actually pretty pretty spot on like the characters constantly bring up religion he calls plymouth the garden of eden uh deliver me from temptation or something I, i'm pretty sure it's like a bible line or something but the other side of the coin stevie is the very programmatic uh the most npc character reed miller uh our boy kendall roy from succession kendall uh, talk about him in this movie so it's very strange <laughs> this movie is so awesome it hurts so <laughs> from the get-go like mikey said you know something is amiss because matthew mcconaughey is just coming back on serenity with uh dijman hansu and Kendall Roy decides to take off his socks, put back on his shoes, and just start walking through the ocean, kind of like robotically. And for the first hour and so minutes, I mean, it's been the first 70 minutes, you just see this man trying to chase after Matthew McConaughey. And one of my favorite things he does after he reveals himself like to be the rules is when he pulls out that fish finder. It's so hysterical. Like this, yeah. <laughs> you think it's like going to be a mystical, like think, Pulp Fiction briefcase yeah. type it's gonna be thing? Something it's just, awesome. Even McConaughey was let down. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second, it is awesome. It's supposed to look simple, but it will lead him to the big tuna justice. Mad, like magically. I will say this though: I don't understand how anybody can get mad at anybody's acting in this movie. Everyone, I thought, I, don't th I thought it was a consistent acting job. I think everybody read the script. Mm -hmm. People went over their lines. I mean, people went over their lines with each other. It seemed like a pretty cohesive acting unit. I loved it. I agree. I agree. I think they were spot on for what they were supposed yeah. to be doing. It was perfect. I mean, especially McConaughey. Yeah, McConaughey's good at really digging into his roles of late, especially with hit this role and Moondog. <laughs> I think it's worth noting, too, both McConaughey and Anne Hathaway were nominated for Razzies for their performance How? in this movie, which seems, nah. seems a bit harsh. McConaughey but, was awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I do have some discussion questions I, I want to hit on at the end, but, uh, Brett, could you kind of take us home? Like, uh, so quick summary, the plan is to kill the evil stepdad on one last fishing trip. What goes down here? And then like, <laughs> just go ahead and just take us through the very end on, on how this movie wraps up. Okay. So they finally get him. So he's got jacked up by, uh, was it Duke? Duke's hired four or five Argentinians to beat the crap out of him, break his hand. And 
that actually, that obviously throws a wrench in the plans and in the, her best creepy impression, Anne Hathaway is like, Oh, I want you to catch a fish for me, daddy. And like, <laughs> daddy. He's, he's so daddy. jacked up. He's so jacked up and so drunk and so arrogant that it's pretty easy to convince him to go. So they get him to go on the boat. Everything's fine. And then, in my opinion, hands down the creepiest character in the whole movie, Constance's son, <laughs> just, pop, <laughs> just pops out. Yeah. God, What's the point so there, Mr. Moondock? <laughs> hey there, I think boy. he's trying. I think he's. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the point of him is. But so instead of it becoming a murder, it now has to be a natural, air quotes, death. And <laughs> sorry, I was laughing earlier because the way he dies is so funny and ridiculous and awesome all at the same time. Um, <laughs> So they finally hook Justice and, you know, again, Anne Hathaway's like, oh, you want this? You want to get this fish? And he's like, oh, yeah, I want to get it. Uh, what's it? What's he call him? Uh, Dull? Captain Dull? Why do you Captain keep calling Dull, Dull yeah. John? So he gives him the reel and I can't even. And then Justice just takes off into the bottom and <laughs> I mean, the shot's kind of cool, but it's so ridiculous at the same time. It's awesome. He just goes down, and within like a half a second, he's already gone down about 50 meters. So yeah. he, he ain't making it back up. So basically, it looked like an accident, and that's it. I mean, and I mean, uh, Matt McConaughey made sure to tell creepy McCreepersons, hey, you heard the paying customer. Well, he wants to take the real creepy McCreeperson. You know, it ended up being pretty easy. Like you're kind of like, oh my god, how are they going to pull this off? And it ended up being super easy. So the but, lesson uh, for his son is that yes, kill the stepfather, but make sure it's like second degree murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's worth noting too. Like during that point, it's like smash cutting back to the son who's who's performing the murder. But Corey. There's a very, very end scene, and it, I feel like you don't get enough credit for being one of the spoiler men with a family. Were you emotionally moved by the father-son reunion at the end? Did you feel anything? What, what were you thinking there at the very last shots of Serenity? I was quite moved by that, actually. I'm kind, yeah. I'm kind of ashamed to say, because I wasn't I was super too. into this movie. But um, after Matthew McConaughey murders the guy... Um, <laughs> He gets a phone call. Uh, he, he takes a call from a payphone, and it's the son. And they finally have like a direct one-to-one conversation. And the son says he's going to reprogram the game so that he can enter, and they can finally be together. And the son shows up, and there's uh, what I think is some really nice music. And they kind of you know meet up at Serenity like they planned, and it's it's quite nice. It's it's very moving, I think, and an overall good scene. Wouldn't that have been cool if the kid used his one phone call from Juvie and it was that payphone <laughs> and that was like the end of the movie instead of that like pier? I thought the shots were really cool on the pier at the end, but it's a little eye-rolly. You know, sometimes those get me, man. I don't know. <laughs> sometimes that corny shit. I don't know. I can usually resist it. I thought the score was really great there too at the end as the the title card Serenity comes up. Um, I, I have quite a few other points of discussion that that come into question on on like a rewatch. But but do you guys have any final thoughts about the movie? We we went through the plot fairly quickly. Any, anything that stuck out to you that we didn't touch on? I don't think we talked enough about how creepy that kid was in the cornfield road. <laughs> Please do. No. I, I, I mean, he just shows up, he just walks out of nowhere, and he's like, what's the guy's name? Dill. Oh, hey, Dill. I, no, I, I don't really have much to say. I just... I quit my job in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Where the hell? What was his purpose? What was it? Well, he's like a, a video game character from like those older games, like Baldur's Gate or the original Fallouts, that he just annoys the fuck out of you until you... <laughs> Punch him? Until you like, acknowledge the fucking dialogue. Or he turns on you in the last 30 minutes of the game. And he ends up being the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, that's it, Pappy. I just I, I, I we need to acknowledge how creepy and how funny it was him just showing up. But I think it's a good point. He comes in the film later, so are we led to believe that he was in the code from the beginning, or did the son add him later for some reason? I keep wondering if the son made it harder. For the dad to kill the stepdad just because he really, really wanted to make sure he was doing the right thing. Like, if his dad overcame all the obstacles he threw at him, then it was a, it was meant to be that he kills the stepdad. Well, was, was the code of the game actively working against Baker Dill and Patrick the son? Yeah, I don't get that either. Cause if he wants to make it as easy as possible, stop making the game so hard. He's not. I th- I, but I was saying, I think he, I, I was saying, I think he's trying to make it harder. Because he wanted to, he wanted Dill to really have to work to make this happen, just to make sure this kid, that the kid is a knew genius. The right thing to do. Instead of writing like a huge document like Thomas Aquinas on the subject or something, Thomas Aquinas, he, he's like making a video game simulation and throwing every argument, but disguised as a character, an NPC, at his dad to see if he can block him from doing it, and like. It's probably going to be one of Pappy's discussion questions, but like, is it the right thing to do to kill the stepdad? And I think that's what the whole premise of this is. And I think the director is saying, yes, stab that boy. (laughs) I, I think Josh brought up a really good point. Thomas Aquinas was kind of a douchebag because he wrote books instead of developed computer programs. I mean... I think we can all agree on that, right? <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. But to Josh's actual point, I would say, I don't know. If we're going to go from the philosophical standpoint, I would say it's never that okay to take a human life. But at the same time, I would never fault a 12-year-old boy to killing a man who's abusing his mother. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Pat. Like, killing's not really the answer, but... Like they'd they'd set up all throughout the movie that he was. Wait, was he really rich and powerful and connected? He was or a construction worker. Great, that's one of my discussion questions, Brett. Okay, I Stevie, I think that I thought that this discussion construction worker was a cover. That's like what all mafia people say. But you think yes. he was literally a construction worker? I do. I think he was. They said he had had money, right? She left him for some reason. Oh, he died. He died. He died. I forgot. You think a construction worker can afford a gaming rig like that for a stepson? I mean, but look at the, <laughs> look at the kid's room. It's not incredible. It's a pretty average size room. She said she was going to pay Matthew McConaughey ten million bucks to kill this guy. That means she's got in dirty money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that kid's room would be slightly bigger. How can Mikey hate this movie? This kid is living his dream, building his own computer in there. <laughs> Mikey's white whale. Uh, because it's, uh, I, I mean, the stuff with the kid is just dumb. That's, uh, that's my biggest problem <laughs> with it is, uh, it should have been purgatory or something. I think it would have been a better movie. Stevie, I've got one more discussion question that I really want to hit on. And what's up? I, I, I read a lot of reviews. I tried, I listened to the, how did this get made? Uh, which I know is one of your favorite podcasts. Easily. I, I haven't heard anyone even bring this into the discussion, but the first line, the very first line of the movie is acknowledging a bird that's flying overhead. I think they call it a frigate. Yeah. And it's there throughout the movie. It's at the critical times. What is that supposed to be? What What, what is happening <sighs> with the bird? Because it's clearly important. It's the first line of the movie. Is anything important in this movie? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I have no idea. They mention it a thousand times. And you think it's going to be this, it's going to be this. You think, you know, um, Kendall Roy be like, you know, that bird that's been following you around, it's this. We never get any direct answer to it. I mean. Oh, I thought we were supposed to take that as it's a glitch in the game. And that's like his first observation of something breaking in in his reality. Is that what it is, Mikey? I thought so, because don't they show it at one point and it's just like perfectly still in the air, like not moving at all? It's just like kind of... I thought it was just gliding. Yeah, or something. Yeah, it looks a little surreal or something at some point. But they also say like that birds flying over water or frigates don't fly over water. And it's like, 
well, that's what a glitch would do. It would break the rules of the game or something. Yeah, maybe the movie starts with a kid coming up with this concept to break his own rules, and that's like one of the first glitches that happens. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think that the um, I think you guys are reading into it too, too much. Like, there's I I, I mean I, I see the trivia on IMDb, and it makes total sense to me. There's a lot of literary like references to this movie, like Moby Dick, like the obsession. Also, like you mentioned earlier, Old Man in the Sea, the obsession that he has with one fish. We are the stuff um, dreams are made on, which is a misquote of Shakespeare, which is probably what a 12-year-old kid would actually, you know, fuck it up or something. But yeah, the Tempest, that's another water <laughs> thing. And then, the, like, the, what you were talking about is the the rhyme of the ancient mariner. They it's they say, they saw the same uh, albatross every everywhere they went. So uh, I think it's mm. just a bunch of literary like water ocean references yeah like symbolic references to which is also referenced in the other movie serenity so there's that there was a little bit of confusion on which serenity we're gonna spoil tonight i hope you guys liked the one that i picked or at least had a good time podcasting on it any other points of discussion on this serenity before we get into yes or no's no Well, let me, I'll go ahead and kick it off. Uh, I'm going to give this a yes. I don't know if this is a good movie, to be honest. (laughs) I really don't. But I know this is a movie I like watching and I like talking about it. I watched it two and a half times for this podcast and I'm almost done with my third watch like while we're recording this. Uh, I think now... More than ever, Stephen Knight is an absolute hack. I think that he can't make an actual straight-up movie without having some ginormous gimmick attached to it. But at the same time, these gimmicks are always interesting. I, I'm I'm into the hook, and I, and I and I like the fact that it's something outside of the box. So I'm gonna give Serenity a yes, and I think that the reputation that precedes it is not necessarily deserved. Um, we'll, we'll go ahead and keep in the same order. Uh, Stevie, Brett, Mikey, Corey, Josh, uh, let's go again and give your yes or no's. Okay, man, this movie is all sorts of crazy. And Pap, you know, love, you know me. I love movies that do things different. I think pre- being predictable is boring. Uh, I loved the acting. I thought it looked really pretty. The story is insanity. Which kind of keeps your intent, you know, attention because it'd be kind of a boring movie. It's just about Matthew McConaughey thinking about killing his ex, her, you know, his ex-wife's husband. I just think that'd be boring. So I think the direction they took it was kind of neat. So I will give this a hard yes. I will probably watch this movie again. I loved it. So yeah, hard yes. Hard. Hard yes. Brett, who picked Locke? Uh, first of all, I, Pap, you know Shakespeare probably a lot, like a lot better than me. Like everything I'm seeing, the quote is, "We are such stuff as dreams are made on, and our little life is rounded with the sleep." But- I just follow the Shakespeare uh, Twitter account, and he tweeted, "Get the wine, ho!" Today, which I like. I don't know. I don't read a lot of Shakespeare. <laughs> all right. Um, in my letterbox review, I stole something that somebody said on IMDb, and I thought it was pretty apt he said this movie is a disaster but it's not boring and it's it's entertaining and i'd rather it be like this than like some run-of-the-mill movie so i kind of feel that way i think this movie kind of was a disaster but i did enjoy it i like the ending i like the twist i like the top build acting uh, Maybe the lower people were acting stiff because it was a simulation. I don't know. NPCs. But I I liked it. I'm not like Stevie. I won't watch. I won't watch it again. Um, But I give this a decently under solid yes. If you would have told me a week ago when I picked Serenity, knowing what I knew about it then, that we'd be three for three at this point, I would have thought you were an NPC and shot you in the face or stabbed you like a kid. <laughs> yeah, but we kn- we definitely know what Mike that is going to say. That all ends right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. 
yeah, like I said, I think uh, what I like about this movie uh, is that it is controversial and it does make you want to discuss it with your friends. I mean, I think it would be pretty interesting to watch it with you guys, but we have a podcast where we were going to talk about it anyways. So it's all, it's fun to theorize or like discuss what this movie is about, but um if I were to just randomly put this up on Prime like I was interested in it and it turned out to be this, I think I'd be pretty disappointed or just a little confused how this got made, I guess, just because it's such a, a goofy concept in the end, in my eyes. But um like like Stevie said, I think it looks great. I think the soundtrack is great too. Uh even though it doesn't really fit. It's really over dramatic. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um yeah, I just think it gets a little too convoluted with the stepdad stuff. Uh, I was way interested in the tuna, like I said before. I think that would have been interesting to have him like, oh, once he finally catches this tuna and reels it in or something, his purgatory is now over. Uh, and the kid can, like, let go of his dad or he, like, gets over the death of his dad or something at that point, And that's the end of the game, but... I think it gets a little too muddy with the stepdad stuff, but I'll, I'll give it a no. I think it's interesting to talk about, though. I think that's a fair no. This movie definitely doesn't deserve to be preserved. Corey, who hosts the Big Dumb Movie Podcast, where Josh appeared recently on Flintstones, Stevie and I did uh, Baby's Day Out. But what do you say about Serenity? Uh, I'm going to give Serenity a soft no. So it's it's a very watchable movie. Like It's, it's fine to watch. It's not like upsettingly bad or anything but i couldn't like on good faith recommend this to someone uh to me the reveal or the twist or the i guess you want to say the gimmick of it being a video game is simulation and it was kind of annoying to me so like it that bothered me more than intrigued me i think and that's what took it away outside of that i did like the performances namely from mcconaughey i think He's really awesome. Every time I see him in a movie, I'm just, I'm like, wow, I forgot how good that guy is. And this is just another example of that. Um, yeah, that's all I got. It's going to be a soft no. I think that's fair. Uh, quick straw poll before Josh, the man on the snide, gives his yes or no. Is knowing a movie has a twist, a spoiler in and of itself? Yes. Yes. Kind of, yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Josh, who last hosted many months ago on Forrest Gump, what do you say to Serenity? I can just tell that whoever gives this movie a no probably doesn't like Rick and Morty because you're not very smart. (laughs) 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 Listen, the simulation theory, if any... If any galaxy in the whole universe ever, ever, anyone created a perfect simulation, there'd be simulations within that of the universe there'd be simulations within that and it just trailed on forever so we have like a 99.99 percent chance of being in a simulation currently and i think that this they don't do a good job of like pulling off that this boy is some sort of genius but what the movie is trying to say is he's creating a simulation within our possible simulation and as my brother-in-law Josh says, if we are living in a simulation, it ain't that bad. (laughs) (laughs) I I love thinking of this movie as a kid making a simulation so that he can ask his dad if it's okay to kill someone. It's an interesting hypothesis to put it to bend a movie on. And I think this is better than Locke. So I'm giving this a pretty hard yes. I really liked watching this movie. Wow. So there you have it. The much maligned 20% and change on Rotten Tomatoes score. Serenity gets four yeses and two noes. Uh, Brett, what food does that make this? Is this swordfish cheeks? Fresh caught swordfish? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess. It's definitely not the big tuna. Every, okay. Every time we say that, is everyone else picturing Andy Bernard from The Office? Oh, yeah. Big Uh, tuna. Thank you. Uh, okay, so this is your first episode of Spoilers. Uh, that was the review of Serenity. I am not the all-the-time host. We rotate hosts, and how we determine that is a little game of trivia. This is a game I've played before, recently before. This is farthest from. This is just a couple rounds of closest to. Uh, 
We're going to eliminate one potential host each time until one man is left standing. Uh, the order is the same order we've been doing all night. Stevie, Brett, Mikey, Corey, Josh. Mm. Uh, the first question is, uh, how heavy was the largest yellowfin tuna ever caught by an angler on a rod and reel? How heavy in pounds? On a rod is that and reel? metric tons? On a, on, on a, this is the, not metric tons, this is the official <laughs> uh, fishing record for the heaviest yellowfin tuna ever caught by an angler on a rod and reel. So I guess that just means like not in a net or something. I'll say, is it more than a wolf? I'll say 825 pounds. <laughs> 825 pounds. Brett, you're next. Oh, man. Uh... 750. Damn it. 750? That's exactly what I was going to say. Mikey? Um, well, the tuna in the movie was the size of a, a bus. So I'm going to reduce that by like 60% because the kid put the sliders way <laughs> high on the tuna fish. <laughs> <laughs> Maxed out tuna fish yeah. stats. I was going to say 750, but I'll go 700. 700. Corey? Shit, man. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go 900. 900. So Josh has been a guess of 825, 750, 700, or 900. What do you think was the pound total for the largest yellowfin tuna ever caught by an angler on rod and reel? I, I I'm not actually gonna guess what I actually think that answer is. I'm just gonna tuck safely in above nice. Mikey at 701. I think it's on the low side of what we're guessing. So. 701, and unfortunately. Corey, your Moby Dick is still going to be out there. You won't be winning trivia tonight oh. with the high guest. Uh, the largest yellowfin tuna ever caught was only a mere 445 pounds. A mere, so, a mere 445 <laughs> pounds. Corey, unfortunately, you will not be the host next week. But that brings us to our second question. In 2018, Fortnite was the top grossing slash earning free to play game in terms of revenue, earning about how many American dollars? How much money did Fortnite make in 2018? Stevie? Talking to me? Do I go first every time? Yes. Oh, okay, I'll say 10, oh, yeah. I'll say 10 billion. Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. It's just, I gotta put in all the zeros, Brett. Okay. Uh, how many zeros? Lots. Twelve. Ten. Hold on, hold on. Hundreds, thousands, millions, billions. Hundreds, thousands, millions, billions. Okay, Brett? I will say 9.5 billion. Okay, Mikey? I'll say 2 billion. Okay, Josh? Oh man, billions are so much money. <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tuck say tuck it three point two billion. The actual total for Fortnite was two billion four hundred nice. million. So Stevie, unfortunately you're also been Goner. eliminated. The game is now down to Brett, Mikey, and Josh. Starting with Brett, what is the word count? For Moby Dick. Oof. <laughs> Biggest book I've ever read is 1,500 pages. I love Mikey's watch. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a total guess for me. I don't know. Well, Brett, need an answer. Uh, 1,250. 1,250 words? Yes. Okay, Mikey. Um, are we talking about total different words or total words in the book? No, just the not total like words in the count. novel. The total words in the novel, like 12, not different, not unique words. Okay, twelve fifty doesn't make any sense to me unless I'm an idiot. Um. Oh. 
Like he did a Microsoft Word word count. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know how long Moby Dick is. Oh my gosh. I was thinking pages. Yeah. Wow. Okay. okay. I'll yeah. say uh, <laughs> 10,000. Well, that's a much I'll better guess. I'll see you guys next week. Gosh. Man, that throwing smoke oh. out there. I didn't know which way to go. <laughs> Man. That's the problem. I, just, I tend to go off what you guys say. <laughs> That's really unfortunate. I was thinking pages the entire time. Well, I didn't want to like call it out to you. I was like, should I say? I wish you would have. He did. He said 1,200 words. Words? words? <laughs> so Josh, oh, man. as long as you guess something over 1,251, you'll be guaranteed a spot for the next round. Not sure if it's going to be Whoa. Mikey or Brett eliminated, but you'll be in the middle. <laughs> Oh, man. Shout out to our last dance podcast where our guest Zach said he wrote 1,400 words about the first two episodes for the next day. <laughs> it wasn't that long. And I'm damn sure he didn't write Moby Dick in between. Call me Ishmael, Michael Jordan. <laughs> I'll say five uh, 5,000 words. Uh, God, it's so high. I'll say 12,000 words. Oh, my words. God. That's a great guess. The actual total, though, is 209,000 words. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew it was long. Holy I was just mad. I was going, that sucks. Oh, well. Moby Big Dick. Swinging <laughs> Dick. So it's come down to two. Mikey v. Josh. Mikey will set a point on the guess, and Josh will guess if it's over or under that number. Speaking of NPCs, one of my all-time favorite games that I've wasted days, nay, weeks of my life playing <laughs> is Skyrim. How many, according to SkyrimWiki.com, named non-player characters are in the game? According to SkyrimWiki.com, named NPCs. And I think this is including expansions, which there are two, or three. I'll say 550. Mikey says 550 named NPCs. Josh, to host trivia or to give it to Mikey, are there more or less than 550 name non-player characters that are named in Skyrim? There's three expansions? There's three expansions. I gotta say more, but that's so many. <laughs> more. I was gonna try and name the three expansions but I can't since I don't have time to play video games anymore. There are 978 named non-player characters in Skyrim, according to SkyrimWiki.com, which makes Josh, the new host of Spoilers, off the schneid. Congratulations, Josh. Uh, We'll give give you a second to think about your pick. Uh, Spoiler man, give us some plugs. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, Click on our Orange Spoilers Bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And we're back. Josh, next week's host of Spoilers, what movie will we will we be reviewing? I'm a little scared because the last time I was in the mid to late 70s, it was 120 Days of Sodom. <laughs> Uh, that movie has a lot of that podcast of ours has a lot of plays through our Acast player though so let's go it's terrifying uh, okay we're going back to 1978 this is a stretch but Pappy I'm hoping we can add it to one of our series of our Lord of the Rings series but I want to go do the animated oh, Lord of the Rings yes wow. love it been holding on to this pick for quite some time that's awesome it's a fun pick. Tune in next week to see who will be the Lord of the Lord of the Rings and who will be the Gollum. Thank you all <laughs> for listening. That was Serenity Spoilers.
I, I think, Josh, you're about due. This was this was the right thing. I'm glad Josh won. I was on the schneid. I, was, I, was, I saw – there's a TV show that I, I saw where a guy's holding the book Moby Dick, and I was like, how many pages are in that book he's holding? And that's why I said 1250. You're probably really Man, close it, from a page count perspective. I bet it's right there. Because the longest book I've ever read was 1,500 pages. So What was that? And that was – the stand and it was the extended version that had 500 extra pages. Stephen King. Uh, so how many NPCs awesome. were there, Pap? 978. 978. Is that what it was? Yeah. What's your name? That's not even, that's not even counting like all like the random guards or enemies and stuff you fight. It's like people you can Little talk to. Little known fact, Eric Clapton had 974 racial epithets that he said at the Rock Against Racism. But <laughs> oh! but bonus content. Bonus content. <laughs> yeah. Josh, you ready? Rock Against Racism or was it the Rock <laughs> for Racism? Well, he wouldn't know because of the stuff he said. <laughs> Josh, you ready? I'm ready. That was spoilers.